everybody, it's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody is getting your week off to a great start. Uh, this is going to be a wonderful week. Uh, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, no matter how many challenges you're facing, you have the mind of God at your disposal. Step back. Uh, grand Rising, James, step back and breathe. Step back and breathe, step back and understand that if you are facing it, you're built for it. You are built for this moment, no matter what you're going through. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Look, today is Monday, so that means it's Money Monday. So we're going to talk about a real simple principle. Uh, it is the use of trust to uh, build, protect, and project your wealth. I'm going to give you a real brief synopsis and imagery of it. Uh, before you get started, if you can, grab a pen and a piece of paper because I want you to write this down so you can see the imagery of it. It's simple, but it's being used by those who are considered immensely successful, and it's extremely accessible to you. The problem is most people who are struggling to build wealth are in survival mode, and they are in survival mode uh to um they're in survival mode to um to the point to where they can't see anything but what they're trying to get done now and they believe that this place is their lot in life i want to show you that it is possible no matter where you're starting at to move out of that position there's no magical uh, uh, equation. There's no get rich quick scheme. There's no, okay, I know something in my life just immediately changes, but there is a progressive way to grow out of it. And it's definitely a progressive way for you to make sure that your offspring, your progeny, those that come from you don't start where you started. And that's one of the biggest responsibilities of life is to ensure that you develop something that advances your lineage, that advances your family, that allows them to walk out and live out portions of your vision that you never touched. This is the beauty of family. This is the beauty of love, but it comes with a responsibility. So before I get started, I'm going to tell you, uh, there are two opportunities inside of the box. Both are tied to uh, Legacy Wealth, which is the Legacy Wealth Academy, which I created uh, over 10 years ago to help people learn about different mechanisms in creating revenue, building wealth, the difference between gener revenue generation and wealth building and how it comes together and all of the things in between. Uh, one is the seven-day online business launch course you've heard me say for the last two years religiously. If you don't have at least two streams of income that you control outside of your primary source of income, you are putting your financial future in jeopardy. Uh, the seven-day online business launch course is a way for you to build online streams of income. Uh, again, this is no magic fix. This is no push button, plug and plug and play. This is about building stuff and leveraging what's in front of you that you're messing around with and dealing with every day. Learn how to use it to your benefit. Number two is the Path to Generational Wealth course. And you're going to understand why this course is so important uh, by the time I finish this. But that's that. That's out of the way. Look in the description box. Sign up. Um, everything is, is self-explanatory. You either see the value in it or you don't. But one of the things we're going to have to start doing if we're going to talk seriously about closing the wealth gap and this is specifically for people who are suffering and struggling in that area. 
if you're going to talk about that, then you have to talk about the change in attitude, the change in mindset, the change in focus. You have to move from being a consumer to being an investor. What is the difference? Everybody spends money, but we call it different things depending on mindset. The consumer spends money on depreciable uh, goods, meaning that the moment you buy it isn't worth what you paid for it. And, uh, and even if it's something that lasts for a while, it depreciates in value each and every day you own it. On the other, and so you call that buying. On the, other, on the flip side, the investor, while buying things, spends a great deal of time buying things that appreciate in value and over time increases their net worth. And you call this investing. It's a simple mindset and anybody can do it and you can do it at the rate at which you're capable. There's this idea that if I don't have X amount of dollars, I can't get in the investment game. You can buy a piece of stock for as little as a dollar right now. And while it doesn't seem like much, it's a dollar you didn't uh, invest it that you didn't have invested and you move along at the rate you can. And I'm going to uh, share something with you. Uh, there's a guy by the name of John Crawley, a black guy. Uh, I'm not sure if Mr. Crawley is still living because this happened a while ago, but he worked, I think, 30 years as a parking lot attendant, never made more than $12 an hour. But the beauty of this thing for him was he worked as a parking lot attendant in the financial district. So that meant that stockbrokers, money managers, all those different types of people were parking their vehicles at the very place where he worked. And he would ask them things and they would talk freely with him and share information with him. And he took that information that he learned from them and he started to do what he could with his $12 an hour. Now, you got to admit, he's got three kids. He's got a wife. He's got all these other things, $12 an hour. It's easy for him to sit up and say, I can't afford it. But what they told him was he could not afford. He couldn't afford not to. One of the things you, you can understand is. The government will tax you and you will whine and complain, but you'll pay the taxes. They'll raise the taxes. You'll whine and complain, but you'll pay the taxes. It's time for you to tax yourself. It's time for you to invest in your future. And what happened over the course of those 30 years, he never quit his job. He worked his job. Most he made was $12 an hour. When he retired, he had a net worth, uh, an investment portfolio over half a, half a million dollars. Uh, he had paid off his house. He had sent his kids to college and he was still growing his portfolio. That's at $12 an hour. There's another one that's even more unbelievable. Theodore uh, Johnson, um, some time back uh, when salaries definitely weren't where they were now, but he was working for UPS and his salary was $14,000 a year. But he knew somebody who was uh, an investor and who was, you know, fairly wealthy, especially in relation to where he was. And he wanted to do, he would always say he wanted to do it. And the guy told him, you can do it. He told him how, told him to take 20% of his income and what to invest it in. And he said, I can't afford that. He said, you can't afford not to. And he said the same thing to him. If the government taxed you, you would pay it, tax yourself. So he did. And so he never left UPS. He worked there until he retired at the age of 62, I believe. He was worth $72 million. He continued to invest, and I think he reached 100 mil before he died in his 90s. At 90, he gave half of it away. If you don't at least have stock in a compound interest accruing asset, an index fund, perfect, perfect way to start off, an index fund, you're already behind the eight ball. It means you don't really understand. And you can get in this game depending on what platform you use. 
All of you out there asking people to cash app you something. Next time somebody cash app you something, go on your cash app. You can buy stock on cash app. Go on cash app, look up the Vanguard S&P 500 and buy a dollar's worth. Or say whatever you they, somebody sends you. Say, I'm going to take 5% of it. I'm going to take 10% of it. I'm going to buy it. And then what you get to do is you get to literally watch it. You can go there and it'll tell you how the stock is performing every day. And so what you can learn is how stocks perform and then you can start doing your research and learn more and more. But the thing is this, is that you have to understand that if you don't get in the game, you can't win. The first thing is to understand how the game works. But at some point, you got to get in the game. You can't keep complaining about your situation and not doing anything to change it. Here's something I'm going to share with you. Uh, I've researched, uh, man, uh, if it's a book on wealth, I've read it from the alchemist to the richest man in Babylon to get, uh, thinking or wit rich, um, uh, uh, money, uh, wait a minute. What's the, what's the money conquer the game, a bunch of other things. Uh, I mean, it's just something that I'm constantly looking at, uh, uh, the Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles, unbelievable book, um, and so many more. But what I can tell you is um, there's a principle. There are principles that are followed. There are things that are in alignment. No matter what a person's philosophy is, there are certain principles they're following if they're successful. Success leaves clues. Your job is to find the clues. Your job, now here's the thing I can tell you as a psychologist, is the thing you focus on the most you feel, the things you give power to will control your life. If you make up in your mind that certain things only belong to certain people and you don't fit in that category, every opportunity that passes in front of you, you won't see it or you won't receive it or you'll reject it because in your mind, it doesn't belong to you. And what you'll start to do, if you're not careful, is you'll sit up and you'll look at what... Uh, other people are doing and they're winning and you will start to villainize the people who are winning in finance because you don't feel you belong to that group and you feel if they are winning and I'm not winning, they must be doing something they shouldn't do. And the truth of the matter is there are a lot of people out there winning in this game that are doing it the right way. And so what you do is you find people and you look at what they're doing and you say, okay, what are they doing that I can do? Instead of sitting up saying, what are they doing that I can't do? Whatever you ask your brain to find, it finds. If you tell it to find the problem, it'll find the problem. If you tell it to find the solution, it'll find the solution. Your brain is unbelievably powerful. You are limiting it with your limiting beliefs. Now let me move into uh, the operational side of this thing. Uh, studying how wealth is projected. One of the things I came in contact with a long time ago uh, and that I find what one thing I find is the um, let me turn this off because I can see this going so going off. The one thing I find is there's this thing with trust. Um, one thing that I, I read uh, when studying uh, Rockefeller is that he used trust to not only build his um, empire, but he also used it to protect it. And the first thing you say when you say Rockefeller is the negative inclinations people get in their mind about the Rockefellers. I'm not worried about them as a people. I'm worried about the instruments they use that are legal that I can use. And so I don't associate people with instruments. I look at what they're doing and I'm saying, is it legal? Is it ethical? Is it moral? Can I use it? And so what I did a study, and so this thing, and then I heard, uh, I read somewhere where Nelson Rockefeller uh, said, the goal is to own nothing 
and control everything. So again, now I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm going. Um, I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, how do you own nothing and control everything? Trust. The trust is built. It's not an entity owned by an individual. It's a trust built. Now, the, the one who builds the trust controls how and who operates the trust, uh, how many board members own the trust, who are the trustees, and all this stuff that goes into a trust. We're not getting into that part. We're just talking about the simplicity of it. Now, the trust, especially if you're using something like what is known as a Massachusetts trust or an unincorporated business trust, um, RS hates it. Why? Because unlike a corporation, you can't dual tax it. See, corporations get dual taxation. Uh, and which is still better than not having a corporation or a LLC. But when you have a uh, unincorporated business trust, there's no dual taxation. But here's the thing. The trust owns a holding company. The holding company in tune owns LLCs, nonprofits, and other corporations. The holding company is basically the house that all of the entities and operations go into. That then those entities, just let's make it real simple, LLCs, the LLCs buys the assets. And so you got this protection from the LLCs as individuals, but you also have the protection of the housing, and then you have the protection of the trust. And the thing is, taxation doesn't even come into place until money is paid outside of the trust to an individual. And if you know how to operate the trust, most of your expenses can be included within the trust as business expenses or as operational experiences to run the business. And so you see over and over again, this is how it's done. So that's the front end. So you have a trust, you have a holding company, you have LLCs, nonprofit, organi nonprofit organizations and other corporations all held under this one holding company. In uh, those entities are what buy your assets, hold your assets and manage your assets. And in that, you are providing providing layers of protection. Now, here's the here's the flip side. This is the front side. This is the generation. This is the protection. There's also the projection. So you have a business business trust. You also need a living trust. You also need a survivor's trust. Uh, you hear a lot of people talking about, and people are becoming a little bit more aware of uh, the importance of handling your affairs, so that. After you're gone, your your estate doesn't end up in probate because there wasn't a will and there are disputes about what, what happens with the property and in, in, in uh, your estate. Well, you know, the first thing is everybody talks about is a will. Yeah, a will is important, but there are a lot of different things that a will can't control uh, because a will only states what is held in the estate. But here's the thing. Yes, uh, it's taught. James, it's taught in a much more comprehensive way in the course. I'm giving you a real brief synopsis and going uh, at it in that way. But uh, during the course, it's laid out step by step. There are plenty of videos. Also, there are people that I work with that actually set up trust. But this is trust isn't the only thing in that course. But trusts are definitely an entire section uh, in that trust. But here, here's the thing that. Uh, happens on the end. So say, for instance, you do write a will. Will's great. Will can keep you out of probate if everybody's cool with the will. All it takes is that one auntie, that one sibling, uh, that one relative that feels like they didn't get their share and legally uh, contest the will and the will not, uh, now the estate can end up in probate it's because now it has to be settled legally. 
and now the the uh, estate is literally being eaten up by fees and all this other stuff that's a part of the probate process. And now you've got government entities eating from the estate. Uh, and what you could do is simply put everything, put the estate in a trust, determine what's going to happen at your demise in the trust. The trustees execute the trust. See, it's no longer, it's not owned by you, so it's not an estate. It's a trust. But you set the parameters of how the trust performs. You control it even after you're gone. That's what um, John Rockefeller did. He created trust that he passed down to his children. And in the trust, one tru the, uh, the trust of the children said, okay, you get a percentage of this trust. Another percentage of this trust is beheld in trust in a particular account, growing interest, whatever that was. And when you have children, it, a percentage of that goes to them. And in order for you to have full access to your trust, you have to create an equal trust for the same children. So the first, uh, his kids got one trust. Their kids got two trusts, their grandfather's trust and their parents' trust. And you see, and it just spread it down the line. And in order to access the trust, you have to show a level of responsibility to the generation that follows you. And what you're doing is you're protecting your assets and what you build while forcing them to grow it and push it forward. Um, and so business trusts on the front end, um, living trusts, Surviving trust, and there are a number of others, but all of this stuff is immensely important. Uh, again, we don't lose because we're incapable. We don't lose because we're started in last place. We lose because we don't know how things work. We lose because we become dismissive of opportunities because we don't understand them. We develop ideas about what's happening without truly understanding. Again, if a man who earns $12 an hour can create a half million dollar uh, investment portfolio, and this is after paying off his home and uh, sending his kids to college and a bunch of other things. His, his children didn't have student loan debt. Why? Because he was able to take his money and manage it. Now, again, it takes discipline. Why? Because you're already looking and saying, how am I going to take something where I'm barely getting by and take 20% of it? Well, here's the first thing. The moment you start to invest, your mindset changes. The, the moment your mindset changes, you move from a mindset of lack to a mindset of abundance. The moment you move to a mindset of abundance, your 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 your, your proclivity towards gratitude and having a mindset of gratitude changes. Gratitude is the gateway to abundance. So the more that you see that you're building, even though it's tough right now, even though I'm really having to play it tight right now, you see that I'm building something. And even if you're at a point where you're saying, I may not get to experience all of it, but my children are going to be better off for it. Then there's this level of joy that comes from that because you're building something better for the family. So again, I challenge you, think outside of the box. Again, I also want to iterate that this isn't a get rich quick scheme. There is no... Um, little button a switch you push on and everything just starts to flow in and the wealth gap starts to shrink and you start to look up and everywhere you look money what i'm telling you is that there's a process that you go through you can lock yourself into lack and poverty by continuing to operate in the survival mindset or you can sit up and you can make the sacrifice of growing something that takes time to grow and doing it in a way that's responsible, yes, you are going to have to take risk. There's no way around growing and expanding yourself where risk isn't involved. 
That's the process. But the thing is, the more aware you come, become, the more uh, expertise you develop, the more skill sets and knowledge you develop, the more likely you're going to be successful. You're going to have some wins and some losses. I've had them. I've been knocked flat down. But the beauty about the situation when I got knocked flat down, by the time that happened, I had already experienced victory. So I knew it was possible. And my mind simply said, you did it once you do it again. So you get up and you try again and it's on and on. You've heard the saying, the average millionaire goes broke three times over the course of his life. And we're not talking about billionaires now. We're talking about millionaires. We're talking about people who have assets that develop for them a net worth in excess of a million dollars, not on hand cash, but assets. And Anybody that's doing that is probably doing it in a way that they're trying to grow. And so they see an opportunity, they go for it. And what happens? It doesn't work out. And maybe they went too heavy into it and it takes them backwards, but they learn from it. They get back up. And what happens is it just makes you more resourceful. Every time you meet a challenge, you have to come up with a solution to the challenge. But the focus is to keep your mind in the challenge. So again, it is absolutely imperative that we start to take on a mindset of this is what we're going to do. So it's the trust, the holding company, uh, the LLCs, corporations and nonprofits underneath that. And then the asset acquisition and you and you do it in that level. You protect it. And like I say, there's a lot of information within that. And here's the beautiful thing about uh, either of these courses. You can either pay for them in full um, or you can use Afterpay um my company offers Afterpay uh, so that you can break it down. And with the Path to Generational Wealth course, there's an additional link in there to where you can go directly to the platform itself where the course is being distributed. And this is the course is being distributed and you can literally sign up and in, in pay in installments through the platform. Uh, so those are the opportunities. I encourage you to take advantage of them. Um, let me see if I can, uh, you, I'm going to put it, um, hold on, here is one. Okay, I'm, uh, he's uh, asking to share. So here's the path to generational wealth. That, you can use Afterpay for that. And... And then you can also use path to, uh-oh, what just happened? Okay, here we go. I apologize, but, and this is installments, the one I'm dropping now. You can actually go there and sign up in installments. And then let me give you the seven day online course. Um, and this is actually the, the blueprint that this course that I'm sharing with you now is actually the blueprint that I've used for the last 13 years uh, to set up online revenue streams. Seven day online come through. 
There it is. Okay, so all that's on there. Hopefully, uh, those who are interested can see it there. But it's also in the description box of the video that you're watching. Uh, so look in the description box and you can get the link there. It's real simple. Life is a journey. It's a path to hopefully a better version of yourself to a better situation. We all dealt hands that we don't control when we're born into our environments, but those aren't our lots in life. Those are our starting points. We determine by the decisions we make. We determine by the level of commitment we have where we're going to get. Um, you know, I came from the same place where people, the predominance of people ended up either dead or in jail. I came from the same place where there are people still in the hood uh, living uh, hand to mouth or worse. I came from a bunch of places and I could have easily been one of those people, but I decided not to be. Now, again, I don't present myself as a person that has just figured everything out and my life is never challenged. What I'm telling you is... I've traveled internationally. I, my business is an international global business where I literally have clients in on multiple continents. Just put it that way. I'm not going to name them all, but multiple continents. I have written and published 26 books, over 2,000 scholarly articles, over 30,000 articles under my name. And I can't tell you how many articles I've ghostwritten and papers I've ghostwritten for other people. Uh, and that's just a part of what I've been able to do. I've started and brought to fruition over the last 35 years, 47 companies, uh, brought to profitability, excuse me, over 47 companies. Uh, the first company I ever started, and I, I'm really proud about that. The first company I ever started was Master Fitness 21. Uh, it, it's Master Fitness 21 now. It was Stay Fit Fitness and Training then as it evolved and I evolved and how I was going to be uh, serving the business. Uh, I changed it to Master Fitness 21. Uh, but that business is still going strong. Uh, I'm still heavily engaged in it. It works in quote, uh, direct core, uh, uh, collaboration and correlation with the Visionetics Institute. Um, and so I am, you know, just telling you, it came from step by step, getting out there, taking some lumps and some bruises moving forward, learning how things are done, committing to be a better person. I read every day. I literally read two books a week. Uh, my goal is every year, 100 books a year. And for the last 21 years, I haven't missed. When I made that commitment 21 years ago, it was actually as a part of my seminary studies. And I just never stopped. And so people say, how do you do that? Commitment. It's amazing what you do when you set your mind to it. How do you have time? Number one is I'm a, I'm a fast reader. I'm definitely a fast reader now because I took up speed reading. But when I first started, I didn't. I was a good reader. I had been reading all of my life. Uh, so I read I read well, and I'm excited about reading. I love reading. Uh, I, I, I'll watch. I'll read before I watch a video. The average person nowadays goes to the video. I go to the book. I go to the article. I want to read it myself. I don't want you telling me. I want to read it myself. I want to take it in because I have this uh, ability called uh, eidetic memory. And what it does is I convert everything I see or hear or read into images and I lock it in. Some people refer to it as a photo photographic memory. So it literally allows me to learn better when I read it to me. Uh, but again, you've got to find a way to be committed. Um, you got to find a way to, to get to it. 
I have worked with people who had ADHD. I've worked with people on the autism spectrum. I've worked with people who had Down syndrome. I've worked with people who had all kinds of things where they told they were learning disabled and they couldn't do things. They were easily distracted, dyslexic. I mean, a bunch of different things. What I'm mm-hmm. telling you is that's absolutely nothing that can stop you from having it. You've got to learn and find your center. You've got to become committed enough to do it. You cannot sit up and let the distractions in front of you. You cannot sit up and let the messages and the narratives in front of you stop you from being the version of yourself that you're capable of being. And you were not designed by an infinitely powerful designer to be average. You were not designed by an infinitely powerful uh, entity to be creator, to be uh, mediocre. You were designed to be a representation of the designer. And that's greatness. That's power. And, and again, it's not w- within the absence of struggle or within the absence of challenge. It is despite of it. And so you're going to have to learn to stand up and walk in it. So my challenge to you is take what you're given, learn. And be willing to invest in yourself beyond your comfort zone. I'm telling you, it's the only way to grow. You're never going to get any growth until you step outside of that comfort zone. And it makes you feel a little anxious. It makes you feel like, hey, a little sense of urgency. It it, it gives you a little twinge and apprehension. That's where things happen. That's where things happen. In that comfort zone is stagnancy, complacency, and an assurance that you'll never achieve anything close to what you're capable of being. So my challenge to you is to get out and make things happen. On that note, look, I'm going to get ready to get out here. As I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. I'm challenging you to do the same thing. I'm out.